Welcome back to Keep Idaho Red Radio here on 580-KIDO 107.5 FM and KLIX, our sister station in the Magic Valley. And, uh, folks, before we took our uh, uh, our first break, we told you we were going to spend some time this morning um, just talking and reminiscing about Governor Phil Batt. And uh, we've got a great guest to have that conversation with, somebody who knows him well, somebody that served with him, somebody that was a friend of his, uh, former Governor Butch Otter. And... Governor Otter, thanks for being on Keep Idaho Red Radio. You bet, Tom. I'm I'm proud that you asked me to be able to spend a few minutes talking about uh, my buddy Phil. Well, talk to us about you know your uh, your, your first uh, meetings with him and serving with him. I know it goes back a long ways. I think as you tell the story, people are going to be surprised uh, how uh, many times your political paths crossed and and, and that you work together. Yeah, well, I I knew Phil from business because we were both in the onion business. I was shipping for Simplot about 2,000 cars a year out of Ontario and Nyssa and Catalpa Junction and a few other places. And and, uh, Phil had a packing shed in Wilder. It was called Allendale. And so we were competitors in a way, but we were also uh, companions in trying to get into the Japanese market with uh, with our onions and and in, encourage the export of the what we call the the, the yellow jello uh, gentle giant a yellow sweet Spanish uh, uh, onion and, and Phil was very instrumental in that he went to Japan several times opened up that market and it's been a tremendous market so I knew him from there uh, but then we have to fast forward uh, to 1960. And uh, I was fresh off out of active duty uh, with the Army and was asked to serve as the Assistant Secretary and Parliamentarian of the State Senate, of which Phil Batt was the majority leader. He was a a giant uh, in the leadership there and was very, very instrumental in helping uh, the then Lieutenant Governor Jack Murphy run the uh, run the Senate and get a lot of things done, get in and get out of town. We'd get in and get out of town in, in 65, 70 days, something like that, not like it, it goes on now. And so uh, when I be, uh, so I was very familiar with the operation of the Senate uh, when, when I became Lieutenant Governor and then President of the Senate. But then we got to, uh, I, I served in, in the House of Representatives in 70, from 72 to 76, and I didn't think I was uh, getting much done, so I quit, and uh, or I didn't run for re-election. Uh, and then Phil and I crossed paths again when uh, he ran for uh, lieutenant governor in 78, and I was running for governor. And I don't know if you'll recall then, Tom, but it was a really crowded field. There was like nine of us yes. uh, Republicans running for governor because we all felt John Evans was very vulnerable. And, uh, in fact, uh, the winner of our primary, of which I ran third in that primary, but Phil uh, succeeded in winning the lieutenant governorship, and he became lieutenant governor under John Evans and then later ran against John Evans in 82. 
and then I came back into the picture, but he lost to John Evans. Right. Uh, only by about 5,000 votes. And then I came back into the picture in 86 when I came uh, home and ran for lieutenant governor and Dave Leroy was running for governor. And uh, that's when Phil uh, decided to get back into the Senate uh, because he'd been out for a while. So I win lieutenant governor, become president of the Senate, and Phil is the uh, uh, majority leader and uh, uh, a big, or he was just a, a senator then, uh, but very helpful uh, in running the Senate and keeping me square on the parliamentary rules. So I, I had a lot of experiences, political experiences with Phil, but they were all in a mentorship. Uh, they, you know, he, 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 he never criticized me so much as he said, Butch, uh, you did this and this and this, and I'm not going to let you do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Which meant he would get up and object uh, to whatever direction I was taking it from the chair. He would get up and object from the floor. So he was a, a gentle persuader. Yeah, he was. I remember, uh, Butch, when I ran for office the first time, and he agreed to be uh, the campaign chair. And, of course, his name was, you know, a lot, a lot of people wanted his endorsement. Um, and um, But the side, of, the side of Governor Bat, I remember, is... Um, there were there were some people that were surprised he would do that some of the press obviously tried to make a big issue out of you know the fact that you know why why would he do this and and so i wrote a letter quickly in response to the editor and i made one grammatical error in it right and and i knew and when i went back and read it he it was a grammatical error but boy he called me on that i and that's when i learned how much a stickler he was for grammar punctuation uh, spelling you know that that it was, he was a real stickler for that stuff. Well, you, as you know, he was a tremendous writer himself. Yes. And uh, but he didn't only do that to you. Uh, <laughs> he did that to every campaign uh, that he helped me with. And he helped me with every one of my campaigns. Yeah, great. Well, listen, so, so I don't think people, uh, many people, because of age or just because they've moved here maybe the last 10 or 15 years, realize that Governor Bout was the first Republican governor in Idaho in like 28 years. I mean, it was over two decades. And, uh, you know, and, and one, one point I want to, a conversation I want to have with you, uh, uh, Governor, uh, um, is that... Uh, I think some people assume that Idaho has always been a red state, and that's just not the case. I can remember when we had a Democrat uh, senator, U.S. senator, uh, you know, the House and, and, and the Senate, you know, could uh, was was evenly, you know, uh, divided. And at times, you know, uh, the Republicans didn't have a majority. Our governor was a um, a Democrat. Anyways, uh, Governor Bat was one of those that helped turn this party back um or otter i don't think a lot of people realize that um back when the governor was um was uh, elected that uh you know we could have been described as a purple state back then but governor bat was one of those that helped uh turn this into the red state and and the the kind of policies that has been a result of republicans being in leadership positions for so many years in idaho and resulting in the kind of state that we have today with low regulation 
regulations, you know, lower taxes, and uh, and and obviously a quality of life that is very attractive to people because they're coming here in record numbers. And Phil Bat played a big role in that. Well, you got to remember this: that in nineteen in nineteen ninety. 1990 90 session uh, I was re-elected as lieutenant governor under Cecil Andrus and and by the way Cecil and Phil were great friends and worked on a lot of good legislation together now there's a lot of people that would say well Cecil never had any good legislation <laughs> but uh, they, they really did and um, anyway uh uh, in the 1991-92 session, I had a divided Senate. I had 21 Republicans and 21 Democrats. At that time, we had 42 senators. And so uh, uh, it, was it was a divided Senate. And as lieutenant governor, and by the way, that was the centennial year. Uh, th that was the that was the first time in the history, a hundred year history of Idaho, that the Senate, even though the Constitution, our founders uh, uh, relied uh, on on it happening someday, uh, said that the president of the Senate would be the deciding vote and shall vote whenever the the Senate is equally divided. Well, I voted more times in the first two weeks than all of the lieutenant governors before me put together and probably add up since. Uh, and then that was the year that Phil Batt decided to become the chairman of the Republican Party, uh, 1991. And so fast forward by 1996, 97, uh, we had reduced back down to 35 senators and there were only three Democrats yeah. uh, in the Senate. Yeah. Because Phil had gone out and found good candidates uh, that were willing to campaign, were willing to work as hard as he and Jeff Malman were, and build the party. And he, he, he just explained that it was going to be the party of Ronald Reagan, and that we were going to be a big tent. And that everybody uh, was was that there were certain things obviously that you that uh, you had to believe in, uh, but uh, we were going to be the, uh, a strong party, and that's really when we shifted to red because for 24 years uh, before Phil was then elected. Uh, in 94, as the uh, governor of Idaho, a Republican, for 24 years, it had been in Democrats' hands, yes. the governorship. You bet. And folks, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Keep Idaho Red Radio. Yeah, and our, and, it, you know, our attorney general was, uh, was Democrat. Our controller was Democrat. And I just don't think people uh, that just, may, like I said, haven't lived here, uh, you know, for more than 10 or 15 years or uh, – or are too young to know that, um, you know, it was the hard work of the Phil Bats, the Jeff Malmans, the Phil Rebergers, you and others that, uh, that uh, uh, turned this state from what 
today would arguably be called a purple state uh, to a red state. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I just want to make sure people remember that part of his legacy. But there's so much, many more things to remember uh, Governor Phil Batt uh, about. And I want to talk about a couple of his policies, things that he got done that probably weren't that popular at the time. But I can remember him saying things like these things have to be done. And he just put in the hard work to negotiate to an agreement that could be uh, to a could be settled upon one of those was um nuclear uh nuclear waste transporting it through the state and and how it was going to be stored and you were you know you were there you had a front row seat so talk to us about that and how important that um that piece of legislation and agreement was and is even today well, uh, I'll tell you what, he he was a tough negotiator uh, between he and the attorney general. They, they got a contract that every other state that has a nuclear lab in it and has any nuclear waste uh, would have loved to have had that same contract. Uh, but you might recall uh, there was a lot of people that were unhappy that we were keeping we, we had a, a an end date for the waste to get out of Idaho 2035 and uh, the, the no more shipping waste into Idaho uh, unless they agreed on it with the Navy or they agreed on it with the, uh, with the National Nuclear Energy uh, uh, Regulatory Commission and so uh, he really had a contract that has lasted. That that contract, that agreement uh, has lasted and stood the test of time because, because all the grammar in that was right. <laughs> wow. Well, and I, I remember it was it was quite a it was it was quite a, a a divisive issue, right? And when you talk about tough negotiations, I mean he was negotiating with uh, with the federal government, which is always difficult, right? But then also any number of interest groups. That's 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 absolutely true. Uh, but I, I say again. Uh, after they people were threatening people were threatening the attorney general uh, don't sign that contract well they went ahead and signed the contract because as phil said it was the right thing to do so governor uh um otter talk to us just about the man phil bat i mean he was a musician you know, you you love to get up there and play the guitar at different events and stuff. I remember a number of times him getting up there with his clarinet, and uh, I, I've heard stories of him when he would visit schools as governor. Yeah. He would take his clarinet and he would either play he'd play for the kids or join their jazz band for a song or two. Yeah, yeah, he was like the Pied Piper. <laughs> he he was he was very good, and, and of course, very energetic with the kids. Uh, but I can tell you this: we also went to a lot of old folks' homes mm. and and did a little uh, a, a little musical before their their evening meal, like big band and music. We. We, wherever he wanted to go, he'd call and say, Butch, you're available to go here, go there. You do the Western stuff, and I'll do the Pied Piper stuff. And I uh-huh. said, okay, and we'd go. 
Yeah, fun. Listen, um, talk to us about the uh, the the, the uh, legislation that um, brought workmen's compensation to farm workers. I remember, you know, I was a lot younger then, but I remember that being a, a big lift, but something that Governor Bat just fully believed in. He was a farmer. He had farm workers. He saw a need there, and uh, but but it wasn't it wasn't an easy pathway to getting a bill to his desk. Well, I'll tell you that was uh, that was a real tough lift, and I think in some ways it cost uh, Phil and my friend Bill Deal. Uh, some uh, political currency because Bill was the one that agreed to carry that on the floor of the House of Representatives where the most resistance was uh, because there were a lot of farmers in there and of course there were a lot of representatives that represented farming communities and all, all they could see was they were the, the, there was more money being added on to their costs of farming their costs of doing business but what they finally realized and why it became acceptable very shortly uh, was that it also reduced their liability. If a farm worker without any insurance had been out working on a farm and lost a hand or lost a finger or in some way was maimed, that farmer was personally liable for that. And they found out that the insurance that they had, the liability insurance that they had to carry costs a hell of a lot more than the workman's comp to pay the workman's comp and so uh, what they thought was a bad idea became a good idea a little later on yeah Uh, but it it was typical of phil to be way out ahead of good things to do well folks we're visiting with governor butch otter who served as lieutenant governor of then uh governor uh phil batt who was idaho's 29th governor and we are uh, celebrating phil batt's life uh as we all know he passed away um 96 years old i believe died on his birthday which happens to be idaho day which is just uh, another remarkable story but uh, governor otter as we wrap this up just uh share with us some of your thoughts about uh governor Bat as the state uh pauses for a moment and remembers him uh and and the service he did for not only us for our country he was a world war ii vet so let's wrap us up by just sharing some of those thoughts. Uh, one thing phil always said and the people of idaho should remember this because it's a good moniker to run by you gotta be better than your excuses <laughs> and uh, because you know people had come in this cabinet member that cabinet member some of them had come in and they'd say well we can't do this because of this and this and this and phil would say you know you know you got to be better than your excuses and so you go out and figure out how to be better than your excuses and come back and tell me what you want to do and phil was a five-minute meeting person i don't know if you ever had to have a meeting with phil when he was governor but it was five minutes uh, after five minutes and he started fidgeting a little bit, you knew your time was up and he was through listening. Well, and so you had to go in there. You had to go in there with an elevator explanation of what you wanted to do. Yeah. 
Fascinating. Well, we appreciate you sharing these experiences and your memories of of Governor Bat and uh, folks. We uh, just want to thank Governor Otter uh, for his service to the state of Idaho and to our country. And also, uh, Governor, thank you for being on Keep Idaho Red Radio here on KIDO and sharing some of your thoughts and experiences with uh, former Governor Phil Bat. Thank you, Governor. Thank you, Tom, for the time. My pleasure. You bet. And folks, we'll be right back.